Did you know that the Harlem Globetrotters were founded in Illinois in 1926? It's true. Joining me in the studio from the Harlem Globetrotters are Scooter Christensen and Hoops. No, not Hoops. Hops Pierce. Although Hoops would be a good name. Hey, too. yeah. We'll take it. Hey, we like the hoop. That's what I'm saying. Everybody on the team gets a good nickname. How Absolutely. did uh, how did you come to yours? And do you just dole them out once you get signed? Well, it's uh, actually, if you have a kind of a special trait that you know it kind of with that kind of goes with your personality i mean like he can jump out the gym so of course hops yeah now me on the other hand <laughs> uh my mom and dad named me scooter because when i was a baby i used to crawl with one leg and scoot the other but you know but then i played soccer too and my name is shane and yeah. there's another guy on the team his name was Sean, but they used to call me Sean and him Shane. My mom and dad got mad and said, just call him Scooter because he runs all day around. He never gets tired. So that's how I got my name. Well, and it stuck. I want to talk about the Harlem Globetrotters origin story. I had no idea. I mean, the name doesn't help, but I had no idea that y'all were Chicago adjacent. Tell me about that. Yeah. Well, the, it started in 1926 by the guy, a guy by the name of Abe Saberstein. He started off with five guys. They went around barnstorming, playing teams, anybody, any place, anywhere. And uh, he was a marketing genius back in those days. So uh, back in the late 1920s, when you thought of the word Harlem, you thought of African-Americans. And it was great jazz musicians back then. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, so they traveled. But he uh, attached Globetrotters to the end of Harlem because he wanted everybody to think that they traveled the globe when really they played right down the street, the south side of Chicago. So we get that a lot. Everybody thinks that we're from Harlem, but originate Mm -hmm. from Chicago. Well, the two of you are neither from Harlem or Chicago. Uh, Hops, you're from Tuckahoe, New York. I am, I am. Tell me about that city and how it fostered your love for the game of basketball. You know, the village of Tuckahoe is such a small village. We have a uh, record high as far as our population, 4,500 people. Okay. Um, so small, my high school couldn't even fit it within the village. Oh, man. And so everybody knows everybody. Yeah. And if you're within the sports culture, then you know who you're playing with. You grow up with who you're playing with, uh, things like that. And so coming from Tuckahoe, it's about 20 minutes outside of New York City. So a lot of times when I tell people that I'm from New York, they automatically assume the city mm. and Manhattan. And... Growing up in Tuckahoe, which is more so a suburban area, versus growing up in a completely congested urban style of Manhattan, mm-hmm. um, it's it's really a lot different. The pace is slower. The people are nicer. I will say that <laughs> the people are definitely nicer. Um, and we just, in my opinion, we we pay closer attention to the things that we do on a daily basis, whereas in the city, things are so fast-paced. It's like high and by, you give this little bit of attention and then you're on to the next thing. So when when my story came out about coming to the Trotters, it was really a beautiful thing to see my community come together mm-hmm. and to really celebrate a Tuckahoe product. And they, they continuously do that, even to this day. So it's really cool. That's beautiful. Scooter, you're from Las Vegas, Nevada. That's right. Yeah. Uh, y'all, y'all got an NBA team eventually. Hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. Well, we have a WNBA team. And they're great. The, the, the Aces. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're tough. They're tough. How, when you growing up in the desert, how mm-hmm. did that affect your, your playing? 
It didn't. I was just, you know, I'm used to that dry heat. You know, I'm in, I'm in Chicago, so I'm kind of cold out here right now. <laughs> but other than that, I mean, but I just grew up like just any other kid, man, you know, having basketball dreams and aspirations. Um, uh, never been to a Globetrotter game as a kid, you know, but the first time I ever seen it was on the Scooby-Doo cartoon. Same. Same, right? So, <laughs> wow. but I uh, always had aspirations just to see how far I could take my basketball talent. You know, God bless me to he put me in the right position to get looked at, you know, because because before the Globetrotters, I was an assistant video coordinator in the practice play for the Phoenix Suns NBA team. Yeah. Used to have pickup games on the weekend. Didn't know that the organization was based out of Phoenix at that time. They come to a pickup game. They see me play, invite me to the camp, and I've been with the team for 15 years now. So right place, right time for me. It's just been such a blessing. You're listening to Vocalo Radio. I'm Jill Hopkins. Joining me in the studio from the Harlem Globetrotters, Scooter Christensen and Hops Pierce. Tell me about the learning curve that exists when you join a team like the Harlem Globetrotters, going from one style of play to to this style of play. I, I think the whole dynamic of that is very interesting because Scooter and I, we are in different generations of right. Of life and the glow shot. <laughs> Did you just call us old? I feel like that's my man. <laughs> he knows what right. But Scooter's got a lot of time in. And so for me, as a as a second year player, I know the learning curve for me was super extensive. When I got to training camp, I was the only rookie that couldn't spin the ball. And so my coach Lou came to me and he was like, despite all of the other talent that you have you're going to have to learn this before you leave here. <laughs> and so yeah. within two days, um, he, he gave me some advice on what I was doing wrong with it, got it down pat, brought my ball back to the hotel room every single night <laughs> until I got it. And um, so that was probably the number one thing that I took away as far as learning a completely new thing that I wasn't able to do to being able to fully do it. Mm. Uh, but other things along with that whole learning curve is how to how – to, Make sure that you take advantage of the charisma that you have and put smiles on other people's faces. Mm -hmm. um, I, I would like to consider myself as a naturally genuine person. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's hard to deliver that and make sure that it really connects with the people that are watching you um, wherever you are. Whether you're on the court, whether right. you're in a studio, it doesn't matter. The, the point is that that universal message of trying to spread that joy and happiness, it, it doesn't matter what language we speak. So right. that was really the number one thing that I took away from the veterans, the coaches, the DJs, like everybody mm -hmm. in the organization. And when you get to experience that joint a large scale in, in, a, in a basketball stadium from, you know, babies to, to grandmas, great grandmas. Right. Uh, is that something that you in maybe the top three things of being a Harlem Globetrotter that That's, you appreciate? I tell you what, that is the best feeling to give somebody is a smile. It's the best feeling because, you know, we we don't know. We're regular people. You know, we see fans that come to the game. We don't know what kind of day they're having, you know. But mm -hmm. we know if you see it at the Globetrotter game, we're going to be making you smile and laugh, you know, just for an hour, hour and a half, you know. And it's it's the best thing. It's the best gift that we can give. And the the reason why we, we, we keep that tradition alive because the people that came before us, Marcus Haynes, Curly Neal, Sweet Lou Dunbar, Metal Arc Lemon, all these guys was doing that back then. Mm -hmm. And then when the parents come, it's like the parents are more excited than the kids sometimes because <laughs> they remember when they were little how they felt. Yeah. So now we're giving that same joy to their kids and trying to keep that tradition alive. But just think if they were treating people bad back then, mm -hmm. 
you know what I mean? What, the tradition is broke. Because when people hear Harlem Globetrotters, they light up every single time. And, and that's such a good thing to be a part of. I'm Jill Hopkins. The Harlem Globetrotters are here on Vocal of Scooter Christensen and Hops Pierce. Let's talk about the games. You guys have been at this for such a long time, and you're still bringing something new every year. That's right. Let's talk about these world records. <laughs> the, the team has 21 world records. What records are left, and how do you plan on, on setting yourselves up for success? Um, so the first part of that question there are a lot of basketball world records that people just are not aware of. Huh. Right. Um, but they're very much paid attention to within the basketball community. And so we have players of all different talents within the game. So I think that's why we're able to set so many records is because we just have strength in every single area of the game. And plus, when you come to the game, you know, and you know, pushing the limits, this is what we're doing. You know, yeah. you're going to be seeing record-breaking shots. You know, so you're gonna, you're not gonna. It's not I, like I always tell people, it's not your average basketball game. You know, you know, you, you you come there. We do a great job of mixing basketball and show basketball and comedy. And we, I mean, we're probably the most interactive professional team. I mean, we even have a fifth quarter this year. Yeah. We'll be taking like about 25 to 30 minutes signing autographs, taking pictures, you know what I mean, giving high fives, all kind of stuff. I don't know whether a professional team does that. We'll be take a rope around the court and just give back to our fans, you know, so, and they remember that, you know, that's yeah. probably the best part. Yeah. I want to uh, talk about this uh, glow-in-the-dark basketball <laughs> warm-up. <laughs> Uh, couldn't be me. That sounds like a real good way to get hit in the head with a basketball. <laughs> but you were trained professionals. What about this are you excited about? So I think this is one of the best additions to our game mm -hmm. because it's already a thing of beauty to watch the magic circle before the game starts. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of like when we congregate in, at center court and we go ahead and uh, do our ball handling and you see some amazing tricks. Uh, but to see that action glow in the dark, it's just a whole different dynamic and your perspective of it changes. And it's really cool to see. And then I, can't on top of that, see, I can't wait to see people's face. They're going to be like, what? And like, what's going on? You know, yeah. man. Like, it's like that Jabberwockies perform when they all you can see is the masks yeah, and then the lights right. come on. Ah, yeah. oh, that's right. so cool. The aesthetic, the aesthetic of something like that is like you. It's it's hard to even imagine that. It's like you just have to right. really right. actually experience that. And on top of that, uh, we have world-class ball handlers. And this year we brought in a new ball handler. And he, he is definitely <laughs> the textbook definition of world-class. Uh, his name is Dazzle. He is our first player from Poland. All right. And mm -hmm. I can assure you, you will see things done with the basketball that you have never, never seen. seen before. <laughs> I can, I will bet you any amount Guarantee of money on that. that. <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh my goodness, this is so exciting. Now this is the, I'm, I'm seriously just sitting here trying not to giggle like a child. Like, oh my God, that's all so great. Uh, this is the, the 10th anniversary of the four-point shot. That's right. If folks aren't familiar with the four-point shot, what is it and how likely am I to miss it completely? <laughs> <laughs> the four-point shot is 35 feet away from the rim. I mean, it's like maybe a couple steps behind the NBA 
three-point line. Yeah. I mean, if you ever seen Steph Curry play, it's kind of Steph Curry range. range. <laughs> so, and we got guys on the team that can knock this down consistently, you know, and it's all, it's, and it's fun. I mean, it's, it's just practice, you know, it's, it's like anything else in life, what you do, you know, but when people see it, they're going to they're gonna explode. They're going to love it. I think uh, love is an understatement. Uh, we are several generations in of this this great uh, just affair with the Harlem Globetrotters, and I'm so glad that y'all make the trip every holiday season. It is uh, one of the things that makes it the most wonderful time of the year. Thank y'all so much, Hobson Scooter. This is this is a pleasure. Thanks, Thanks for having you. us. Thank you.